0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Good morning, promise of victory. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Good morning. Good to see you. Good to see you on this first holiday of the summertime. Amen. Uh, You look around and you're like, we're so-and-so and and we're such and such?" Yeah, welcome to summertime. Uh, Every time there's a holiday in the summer... Uh, There's a lot of people that uh, travel and go out of town, take vacations, and more power to them. And uh, we're uh, we're glad that you're here, though. We're glad for the ones that are watching online. We appreciate every person who takes the time to come and join us for worship on Sunday morning. Since you're already standing, why don't you grab your Bibles, if you've got one, and turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. I'm only going to read two verses, and then I'll let you have your seat. I am in a series that is going to be coming to a conclusion sometime in the next several weeks. The series has been titled, I'm Better Than This. This version of me that stands in front of you right now, I'm better than this. I'm better than this version. Thank God I'm not where I was, but I'm not where I could be, and maybe even where I should be. I'm better than this. I I think it's very short-sighted of us to become complacent with where we are. To feel like we know everything, we've done everything, we've accomplished everything that God wants us to accomplish in our walk with Him. I think it's very short-sighted. We we need to be constantly working toward something better than what we are right now. I want a better prayer life. I want more faith. I want more uh, of a communion between me and my Father. I want better relationships here on earth. I want a better me. Is there anybody else in the house that you want to be a better version of you? I'm in the right church this morning praise the Lord Galatians chapter 6 beginning with verse 7 don't be misled you cannot mock the justice of God although men will try you will always harvest what you plant I intentionally chose this this text this morning from this translation because you have heard sowing and reaping for so long sometimes it falls on deaf ears I like the way the New Living Testament testimony says this. You will always harvest, say always, you will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature, not from the devil, certainly not from God. You get exactly what you set out to get I know in this age of victim mentality where we want to blame somebody else for the reason that we are the way we are mama didn't buy me a pony Uh, somebody abused me when I was seven I'm not I'm not talking about your abuse and making it sound like I I, I'm not uh, sympathetic toward your abuse I am also a victim of abuse what I'm trying to tell you is if you're still letting the seven-year-old self of you rule who you are today there's a problem I'm gonna tell you what nobody else will tell you you are stuck and you need to get unstuck you need to put the past where it belongs behind you and press toward the mark of the prize which is in Christ Jesus you cannot allow 30 years of damage to be holding you back today and want to blame it on somebody else you get what you plant you harvest what you plant those who live only satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature but those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit I'm better than this I'm better than this and I'm going to do something about it starting today I'm going to do something about where I am who I am and what I've become I knew I wouldn't get no shouts right there because I'm going to challenge you today If you come to promise a victory, there's one thing I guarantee will happen to you. I will challenge you to grow. I will challenge you to move out of your comfort zone and become something that you have not yet previously obtained. I'm going to stand in front of you this morning and tell you that before this service is out, I want to be a better version of me. I'm better than this. I've come to testify that I'm not who I used to be. I've come a mighty long way from when God found me. However, I'm not complacent in who I am right now. I want to be better than I am. I want demons to tremble when I get out of bed in the morning come on somebody Uh, when when I pray for the sick I want the sick to get healed when When I speak a word over somebody's life, I want to know with confidence that that word has resonated out of heaven and has rang true in their life because me and the Father, we walk together and He talks with me. And I I talk to Him and what I speak is His word. And I want that kind of walk. I'm tired of messing up. I'm tired of failing my Father. I don't know if anybody else in this church came this morning on a Memorial Day weekend to get better, but I'm going to challenge you before you leave here to set in, in your spirit that I'm gonna change something. I didn't just come to church this morning so I could get dressed up and so I could see if pastor's gonna preach my favorite message or the choir was gonna sing my favorite song. No, no, no. I came to promise a victory because I want to leave different than I walked in the door. And if that is you, put your hands together right now, and God's gonna do it in your life. Hallelujah. You may be seated in his presence. I know in this, in this age that we're living in, we like to blame other folks for where we are, who we are, and what's going on. I have met people my entire life that still blame their ex for how cranky they are every day. They got divorced 27 years ago. They're mean as a junkyard dog. And when you talk to them about it, confront them about it, they always blame it on their ex. Well, if they hadn't have left me, if they hadn't have abused me, if, if mama had have taken better care of me. But I'm here to tell you this morning that you are responsible for you. I know it's not going to be very shouty this morning. I came prepared for a low crowd and even lower morale. But I'm going to preach it anyway. In the realm of the unseen and the eternal, there are laws. You are familiar with laws, and I'm not just talking about the speed limit signs out front. I'm talking about the laws of nature. What goes up, it doesn't say might, does it? No, the laws of gravity says what goes up must come down. It's an absolute certainty because it is a law that if it rises, it will fall. And just like we have laws in nature... We also have laws in the unseen realm, in the eternal realm, in the spirit realm. And they are just as rigid and just as real by those who govern our physical life. And if you know the law, you accept the law, and you cooperate with the law, it will put you in a position to use the law to your advantage. If you neglect the law, if you act like the law doesn't apply to you, you will find yourself constantly cleaning up a mess, having to find a scapegoat to blame it on when you yourself are to blame for it. I can still remember like it was yesterday. I would be laying in a warm bed covered up by about 16 homemade quilts in Grandma's house. The reason he had 16 quilts is because she had plenty of drafts and not a lot of heat. And so we would all be in one bed, all of us youngins. Y'all don't have youngins around here. You have children. Where I'm from, we had youngins. And all of us youngins would be in the same bed under a bunch of blankets. And I can still remember 5 o'clock in the morning, Grandpa would come busting through the door, Get up! We're burning daylight, he would tell me. We'd go downstairs, Grandma would have a breakfast already cooked. Who has breakfast ready at 5 a.m.? She's got country ham on the table. She's got homemade cathead biscuits on the table. She's got homemade gravy. She's got runny eggs. And my grandpa would say, boys, hurry up. We ain't even got there yet. We ain't even got a plate in our hands yet. And he's already saying, hurry up. We want to get this garden planted before it gets too hot. The sun ain't even thought about shining yet. The rooster has not even opened him's eyes. And my grandpa was already worried about being done. So I would go with my grandpa, me and two or three of my cousins. We'd be out in the back 40. He was in charge of plowing. And he would get the earth plowed up and get the soil loose. And it was my responsibility to go behind him and put the seed in the ground. Couple of the other boys would put some fertilizer. You know what fertilizer is on the farm. We didn't have fancy fertilizer. That white stuff in bags. It was brown. Came out of the other end of the field. Some of the older boys would be in charge of fertilizer, and then after I got all the seed dropped in the furrows, I'd have to go back around, circle back around, and make sure the seed got covered up. Finally, it was done. Grandpa didn't get his wish. It didn't happen before the sun came up. It didn't happen before it got hot. It would take all day long. We'd finally get finished, and we'd all be tired and dirty and haggard and worn, and we'd be going back to get some dinner at this point. And We'd go back and take baths and eat dinner and go to sleep. And don't you know the next day we'd go back out into that same field And there's cucumbers and tomatoes and cabbage. Oh, it doesn't work that way, does it? No, it it takes time for plants to grow. It takes more water. It takes thinning the weeds out. If you're going to get a harvest from what you took time to plant, you got to get the dead leaves out. It was always amazing to me how I planted, how many seeds I planted, but how much harvest we got back. As a young boy, it was amazing to me that I could drop one seed and that one seed would produce heads and heads of corn. It was amazing to me even more so that my grandpa would be able to look At a little plant no bigger than my pinky finger and tell me what that plant would become I had to wait for the fruit to start showing I had to wait for the cucumbers to start popping out I had to wait for the cabbage leaves to start popping out I didn't know but my grandpa could look at a plant no bigger than this and tell me that's cucumbers those are potatoes So do you know what I came here this morning on a mission to do? I want to ask you one simple question. Do you know, do you recognize what's being sown in your life? Because if you're going to be better than this, if you're going to become a better version of who you are sitting in that seat right now, you're going to need to understand the laws of the harvest. And I'm going to go through them with you, This morning, I want you to know that you need to prepare yourself. Not not because I'm going to be mean, I'm not going to be hateful, I'm not going to get all up in your business. But I am going to give you spiritual truth this morning and it's going to come at such a rapid pace that you're going to have a lot to concentrate on and take with you and chew over. But preparation is not enough. I do want you to prepare yourself but I want you to recognize that preparations not enough because there comes a time when the season of preparation needs to be over and it comes and and the season of actually doing something needs to take its place some of you have been fitting to for so long and ain't done nothing yet you've been losing weight for the past seven years you've been getting ready to go. every Monday you starting another diet every season is going to be your season You're going to change your uh, finances. This this is my year. Every New Year's Eve, this is my year, and it ain't been your year yet. So you've been preparing. You've been diligent. You've been exercising your right to read and study, and and you've taken the first step, which is initiating the desire. But I want to engage the do-something in you. Before you leave here this morning, I want you to not just make any more plans. I don't want you to set any more goals. You've got plenty of them. I want to talk to you about what are you actually going to do. Do you know what's being sown into your life? Have you ever taken time to acknowledge that the, the culprit of your problems isn't somebody else? Have you ever taken inventory of the crops that you've got in your storehouse? What well, we're going to today Because there comes a time when you just got to do it and that time is now I don't want you to wait until summer's over I don't want you to wait until the fall I don't certainly don't want you to wait until New Year's Eve I want you to make up your mind today I'm about to do something as a matter of fact why don't you just go ahead and testify to your neighbor look at him and say I'm I'm getting ready to do something will you do that I'm getting ready to do something Uh huh "I'm, I'm better than this I'm getting ready to do something so there are two instruments necessary to prepare soil if you are going to plant a harvest, there's two instruments that are necessary. If you're going to gain something that you don't already have, there's two things you have to do. Number one, you've got to break up the soil. My grandpa was in charge. He went, when I was a little, little boy, before I was ever even allowed out there, I can remember my grandfather uh, with a team of donkeys plowing up the field. Now, by the time I got out there, he'd, he'd upgraded. He had a tiller with a motor on it but I can remember when I was a wee little boy him having a team of donkeys and an old-fashioned plow behind it. my grandfather was in charge of breaking up the ground my job was to put the seed in those are the two things that are necessary if you're going to get a harvest the ground has to be tilled and you have to have a seed as it is in the natural so it is in the spiritual So what do we need to do to prepare our field for harvest? I'm glad you asked. Hosea chapter 10 verse 11 says, Israel is like a trained heifer treading out the grain, an easy job that she loves. But I will put a heavy yoke on her tender neck. I will force Judah to pull the plow. And for Israel to break up the hard ground. Judah breaks up the ground. Judah makes the soil ready to prepare. Judah, which means praise is the way that an old hard-shelled heart becomes plowed up and ready to receive the seed. It's Judah that sets the stage. If you ever wonder why when we come into the house of God before I take this sacred desk and give you the word of God that I allow these people to stand up here and bring you into the presence of God, it's because Judah teals up everything that you have been going through all week. Before I get up here and give you the seed, which is the Word of God, you need to be plowed up and ready to receive it. I've had to preach to folk that wasn't plowed. That's fun. I've preached revivals in churches that hadn't been plowed in a long time. That's a fun revival. I have to give you the seed of the Word. Matthew chapter 13 verse 20 But he who received the seed on stony places This is he who hears the word the Word of God is the seed. In order for you to receive the seed, you need to have, listen, you went through some stuff this past week. I don't even know your testimony. Haven't asked you, but some of you argued. Some of you had strife. Some of you had folks lying on you. Some of you had people causing you problems. Some of you lost a job. Some of you are about to lose a job. You've got all kinds of turmoil, and what happens is your life gets crusty. Your heart gets turned over and, and, and gets stony, and you, you have a lot of hard feelings. You've got a lot Lot of mixed emotions you come into the house of God on Sunday and you're carrying the dust of everywhere that you've been you've got contamination you've got dirt you've got filth there's all kinds of stuff on you don't look at me in that tone of voice if you was all so holy I wouldn't need this microphone on Sunday to preach this word to you some of us all of us know what it's like to come into the house of God and be struggling and if you're going to bring your struggle into the house I recommend you to bring it on in the house I know some 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 Christian folk don't want your sexual struggle in the house. Some Christian folk act like you ain't supposed to bring your alcoholic struggle in the house. Some folks act like you ain't supposed to bring your lust struggle into the house. I want you to bring your struggle in because the struggle ain't scaring me. We're going to break that thing up. We're going to give you the praise of Almighty God. It'll stir your spirit. And once you're plowed up and ready to receive the word, then I'm going to give you a life-giving word that's going to take root in your spirit. Don't you think I ever just show up here on Sunday and just shoot from the hip? I prayed over this word. I've believed God from this word. And this word has life in it. So what's about to spring forth out of you is better than where you've been. I'm better than this. Praise breaks up the ground. The seed is the word of God. If you ever wonder why you should be in church, that's it. There's stuff that happens in this building that you cannot get by watching it online. You need to be part of the ecclesia. But I need you to understand the laws of a seed. Before I give you the laws of a harvest, let me give you the laws of a seed. Are you ready for this? Number one, you only reap if you sow. If you want a harvest, you got to put the work in. If you want a better marriage, stop asking pastor to pour oil over your head and pray over you when you ain't willing to do the work yourself. If you're not willing to treat them right, I can't pray you into a better relationship. I can't give you any words of counsel if you ain't willing to suck up your own ego. Put yourself last and them first and make consideration for somebody above yourself. I can't do it. Some of us want easy street on everything, but you only reap if you sow. Number two, you have to sow more than one kind of seed. We are so, our attention spans are so short these days. We can only focus on one thing at a time if that. But I can remember the old saints, they were praying, and their prayer list was as long as my leg. And they prayed diligently, and they prayed with fire and fervor, and they did it every single time we came into the house of God. But I've met people today, seems like there's only one thing. They are single-minded on one thing and one thing only. But you need to put in more than one kind of seed. Do you want to know why? Because God is always producing a harvest in your life. You are always simultaneously reaping and sowing. That means that you're reaping what you've already put in the ground. You're sowing for your future. If you're only doing one thing, you're you're not going to have harvest in but one area of your life. If all you're focused on is your happiness, you'll never make anybody else happy. If all you're focused on is getting a blessing, you'll never be a blessing. If all you're ever focused on is getting healed, God can never use you to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Seed sowing is concentrated a lot of times with a lot of people's minds thinking about financial principles. But can I tell you that you need to sow a seed of friendliness if you want friends. You need to sow a seed of mercy to get mercy. The seed of kindness brings a harvest of kindness. The seed of honor, if you want people to honor you, Parents wonder why their kids don't show them respect, but every Sunday on the ride home from church, they're talking about the pastor. Every evening, they're, down, they're at home talking about the boss, and they're telling, the, they're telling their wife in front of the kids how stupid the boss is, how they don't know nothing, they don't know how to run that business, and then they wonder why their kids don't honor them because you have not sown. But one, y'all not going to help me. You're trying to sow a seed or reap a harvest that you have not sown a seed for. Number three. All seed is not sown the same way. Okay, some of you won't know this, but you can't just scatter every seed haphazardly. If you want grass, you can just throw it anywhere. As a matter of fact, you really don't even have to plant grass. It'll find a way. You cannot want grass, and dandelions of grass will show up. But if you want grass, you can scatter it. But if you want corn, If you want potatoes, you got to lay them things in with the eye up. I can still remember my grandpa. You can't lay them with that. Boy, don't you put that thing with that eye down. Some of you look at me going, potatoes have eyes? Yeah, Mr. Potato and the other ones. They all got eyes. And if you're going to plant a potato, you you plant the potato purposely with the eye up. You plant corn in a place where it's going to get enough sun. Because if you put it in the shade, you're going to have a weak harvest. Do You realize that if you put carrots and cabbage in regular soil, it won't produce, but you, you need to put it in what's called peaty soil. Okay, and, these, and, and if, you can't have, if you don't have any peaty soil, you need compost to go in the hole with it because it needs acidity to grow real good. So all seeds not sown the same way. So this is not a simple task I'm asking you to do. You have to know where to sow, and you have to know how to sow. The fourth thing I'm going to show you about a seed is you got to know what season the harvest comes in your life. See wheat wheat comes in before barley does. Cucumbers and tomatoes come in before cabbage. You can plant them all at the same time but every seed matures at its own speed. It takes some seed longer to grow. Can I get a witness in this church? of all the people that expected you to get saved on Sunday and be delivered on Monday. I'm talking about people who had all kinds of baggage, and they preached Jesus to you, that Jesus was the way maker, that Jesus was the soul stirrer, and then they judged you when you wasn't perfect come next Sunday. Y'all not going to help me in this church? I mean, you got saved, you walked in, and they expected you to dress right, act right, talk right, never have no more cuss words, never make no more mistakes, but you didn't realize that every seed don't mature at the same speed. Let me testify as an honest Christian this morning, every seed in my life hasn't come to fruition yet I'm still waiting on some stuff to come to full maturity I preach every Sunday I have laid hands on the sick watched them recover I've driven devils out of folks and I still got some seeds in my life that I'm waiting to mature number five you have to know your seed what do you mean pastor I mean every seed has its own tendencies a lot of people in this area don't know how to grow watermelons. They plant watermelon, and then they get mad at watermelon. I talked to somebody just the other day. And said, I gave up on watermelons because every year I put the watermelons uh, down, and they don't ever, if, if, the, if the sprout come up, but I never got watermelon. I said, what time are you planting watermelons? Well, the same time I put the cucumbers in. That's your problem. You live in the Ohio Valley. This is not Florida. Watermelon seed takes one cold snap, and it's done. I learned that when I was a little boy grandpa would start watermelons in the greenhouse transplant them once the frost was over once the freezes were done once the cold snaps were over then we had watermelon every year but but the seed has to be prepared properly do you realize that corn on the cob won't grow corn if you cook your corn? you didn't prepare it properly if you cook your corn and then expect it to grow a harvest You're fooling yourself. God is preparing your seed just like he's preparing your harvest. And you have to realize that the key ingredient to sowing and reaping is letting God guide you in sowing. And that's why I want to bring to you the laws of the harvest. I've told you about the seed. Now I want to tell you about the harvest. Number one, you've heard this before. If you've been with me any time at all, you've heard this point before. You get exactly what you plant I'm going to say it again because some of you are looking at me funny you get exactly what you plant I'm going to prove it to you well pastor I've been praying for a financial blessing and I've not got one I'm glad you bring that up because do you know that prayer is not the seed for finances money is the seed for money not prayer oh it's okay to pray about it but if you're trying to grow money you gotta plant money every seed has within itself life and it reproduces after its own kind scientists have developed over the years corn that didn't come from other corn they've developed wheat that didn't come from other wheat. It looks like wheat, feels like wheat, got the texture of wheat, smells like wheat. You know what it doesn't do? Grow. Because it's not a real seed, it doesn't have real life. So the real seed reproduces after itself. Now, don't you know that if God wanted to, He could have grown plants on top of the ground without seeds? God could have done this any way He wanted to, but when He designed our planet he imprisoned life inside of the seed, and life does not appear until the seed is buried until the seed dies God could have done it another way but he wanted to demonstrate to you the difference between being planted and being buried You bury stuff that's dead and going to stay that way. But God wants you to know that when you plant seed, it's coming back. It appears dormant. It appears like you got away with it. It appears like nothing bad is going to happen or nothing good is going to happen. But when a seed is planted, it looks like it's dead. But just wait, God's about to do a resurrection. Seed will always bring a harvest. Number two, you need to be deliberate with your seed. I've told you for years, if you give to the church, sow it. Don't throw it. Folks will just throw offering in an offering basket. That's not that, You're not expecting nothing to come back if you're just throwing it. You need to sow it. Be deliberate with your seed. You can put it on a mantle and look at it. You can hang it around your neck and look at it. You can hold it in your hand and look at it, but it will never produce life until you sow it. You have to be deliberate with your seed. You also don't want to be sowing in places. Oh, can I just stop right here and give you some friendly advice? Please stop sowing in places that you don't want to harvest and then coming to church and begging God for crop failure. Stop doing what you know you ain't supposed to do and then begging God that it won't catch up with you. And by the way, if you do want something positive to happen in your life, be deliberate with your seed. And be very careful. Because the enemy is a seed eater. He doesn't attack the fruit. He attacks the seed. He'll try to steal your seed before you put it in the ground. People that aren't attending church, it's 2021. It's nearly June. I gave grace for a long time to folks because they were genuinely afraid of getting sick, and I don't blame them. But if we're not attending now, listen, if you're not attending now, you planted a different harvest. In your last season, you planted a harvest of fear. You planted a harvest of This is good enough. Watching by screen is good enough. And you are reaping what you planted. If you're not, listen, and I say that with love and grace, and I've given grace and haven't ever chastised anybody, but it's June. You're going to Walmart. You're going out to eat at restaurants. You're going to Little Johnny's baseball game. And, oh, you're going to work five days a week. If you're not coming to church, you're not afraid of a virus you're reaping what you You're you're getting a harvest from what you planted I'm better than this I'm better I, my sermon's gonna take a turn right here on this one point I'm better than this I don't like where I'm at I don't appreciate my lifestyle I don't like the choices that I'm making can I tell you that your harvest looks exactly like the seed if you're staying home on Sunday mornings the harvest looks exactly like the seed. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Your harvest looks exactly like the seed. Oh, you neglected your wife for 37 years and then are shocked she left you. The harvest looks exactly like the seed. Oh, you haven't prayed, asked God into your Tuesday, and now you're upset that He don't heal your cancer? The harvest looks exactly like the seed. You ignored God for how long? And now you're upset because the harvest is coming in and it don't look like you want it to look. This is my son sitting on the front pew. Wave it everybody, Jared. You see Jared? He's Caucasian. He's Caucasian because his daddy is. The seed looks Exactly like the fruit. So if you are going to sow thorns, expect a harvest of thorns. If you don't appreciate your wife, don't expect a great marriage. If you have seeds of rebellion against people in authority in your life, don't be shocked when you kids. Uh, It's quiet in this mortuary this morning. Don't be shocked and surprised when the people that are supposed to respect and honor you don't show you the respect and honor. Because if you sow discord, you're getting a bumper crop, baby. It's coming back. My grandma used to tell me all the time the chickens have come home to roost. Harvest has a memory. Harvest remembers the seed, and it duplicates after it's kind. That's why this year I've been preaching that this church needs to become uncommonly kind. Because I want kindness. Listen, we've got a court hearing this this Wednesday, and I need favor. We need favor. Promise of victory. We need favor with a judge. We need favor with a, with the attorneys. We need favor all the way around. We need to sell this property. The hearing is this Wednesday. And I've been praying, and you know what I've been doing? I've been reminding God. And it's okay to do this. I've been reminding God all the times that we have shown favor, that we have given favor. When other folks was talking about us, we kept our mouths shut, and we didn't jump on the bandwagon and attack them like they were attacking us. No, no 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 we're gonna stay right with God even if they are going to spread gossip and lies we're not going to lower ourselves to that standard because we're going to honor what God's Word says well now I need God to honor what his Word says and show us favor and open the door and make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way that's what we need and I can do that and I can I can stand boldly before the throne of grace and ask God to do it why because I've sown in the right soil I've been deliberate with the seed and I have taken the precautions before harvest time. Because by harvest time it's too late. Uncommonly kind. If you want a seed to look like the harvest, be deliberate with your seed. If you got something in your hand, that's your harvest. If you give it away, it becomes a seed. And harvest comes later. The second thing I want you to know about the harvest is you always reap. More than you sow. Now that could be fun or that could be devastating because it's the law of multiplication. Little as much when God is in it. And if you're getting a good seed, you're happy about it. If you're not, you're devastated by it. Why? Because the harvest not only comes back. Bigger than you sowed it Bigger than you planted it But a harvest also gives you back More seed How many seeds are in a watermelon? How many watermelons are in a watermelon? How many apples are in an apple? We'll never know How many good days Are wrapped up in your one sacrifice? How many blessings Are stirred up in your one Moment of preferring Somebody else over yourself? The third thing I want you to realize is that you always reap later. You always harvest later than you plant. In other words, you're sitting here today eating from the harvest you planted yesterday. At the same time, you're planting your tomorrow's harvest. That's why Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, we started in Galatians chapter 6, we're going to end there. He finishes his thought in verse 9 and 10. Let's not get tired of doing what's good. Why? Because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. Catch this. If you don't give up. Therefore, promise of victory. Be uncommonly kind. And whenever you have the opportunity, you should do good to everyone especially those that are in the church. Never have I ever saw so many people so bothered by things that God don't care about. Attacking other people that go to church Over things that God isn't concerned with. God doesn't care what kind of songs we sing. He he just wants glory. Down through the ages, church music has changed a thousand times. People say, I like the old stuff. How old do you want to talk about? What they really mean is, I, I like the stuff I like. That's what they really mean. They mean the stuff that we used to do 30 years ago or 40 years ago, but in relation to the 2,000-year-old church. What we did 20 or 30 years ago is relatively new. How old do you want to sing? Gregorian chants, perhaps? Ah... Oh that used to be the hymns of the church that newfangled redback hymnal came out wrecked the whole thing how old do you want to go back how far what we really do what we really do is we set our preferences up as the standard for what makes God happy well I don't think a pastor should wear or I think I want to go to a church where a pastor wears a suit and a tie well you can go and watch a sweaty guy there ain't nothing wrong with that but please, please, please if that's what, if that's your preference admit it don't try to drag God into it and say that he prefers it because Jesus wore a robe and sandals Jesus didn't cut his beard or his hair I'm tired of church people. uh, Listen, Paul said don't get weary of doing what is good because at the right time. In other words, there's going to come a season where you're going to be too tired to feel good. There's going to come a season where you're going to feel too tired to just want to get up every day and keep... God, I've been doing this for so long. I don't know how... Listen, there is a clear call in the Bible that says every person is a seed bearer. You are planting a harvest. Hear me. It might be great. It might be terrible. But you are planting something. And by the way, it's not a mystery. Do you want to know what you're planting? Look at your harvest. What's God done in your life lately or what's happened to you lately? Hear how quiet it got? What's happened to you lately? What, what path has life taken you on lately? Are you going to blame me for it? You keep blaming the boss? Maybe it's wifey's fault, hubby's fault. Maybe it's them rotten kids. I wouldn't be like this if they didn't. Does that sound familiar? Well, I was never like this until they constantly making excuses for what we have sown. When the harvest comes, we don't want to take responsibility for it. Let me tell you why that's dangerous because I'm, I'm, listen, I'm right here. I'm, I'm here to represent. I ain't scared of none of you the reason that's dangerous is because you're always looking to shift the blame to somebody else and you will never change your harvest because until you change the seed the harvest will always remain the same it will listen you can't pray for a bad harvest you can't speak in tongues dance gyrate fall out in the spirit I can't pray it off of you the elders of the church can't pray it off of you listen to me you're going to get exactly what you planted. And if you continue after this Sunday to plant the same seeds, you can't blame it on them. It's not their fault. It's not the boss. It's not. Listen, some of you want to blame the person you're attached to. You knew they was a skunk, a drunk, and a punk. Why are you hitching your wagon to them and then blaming them? No, no, no. We get exactly what we put in. So if you can't stand to eat your harvest anymore, you got to change the seed. If you're sitting here this morning saying, Pastor, I'm better than this, I can't stand to eat this anymore, you're in the right place. You're in the right place because it's very simple. It's time to change the seed. Look at your harvest. Just look at what's happened in your life the past week, month. I'm not talking about stuff you're burdened with that happened to other people. That's common. I'm talking about your life. You've been having panic attacks? God didn't give that to you. You wrestling with fear and anxiety and always thinking something bad's going to happen coming around the corner. That's not the spirit of God. God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Is people always walking out on you? Leaving you? You're going to keep blaming them? Listen, 27 people can't be wrong. What have you sown? You can't neglect her for 30 years and then blame her when she leaves. You can't teach children bad habits and then get upset when it starts popping up in their life. If you're here this morning... and you realize you're better than the version that is represented here you don't have to change your harvest as a matter of fact I'm gonna give you good and bad news at the same time you can't change your harvest it's done the seed is in the ground it has come to fruition and by the way you got more harvest coming you can't change what you've already planted. But you can absolutely change what you're planting for the future. I can't tell you what how to change right now. Because right now is dependent on what you did before you walked into this room. I can tell you how to change tomorrow. How to change next month, next year. If the Lord leaves us here the next decade... I tell to change that. Starting today, starting right now, I'm better than this. I'm going to plant better than this. If I gotta change my attitude, I'll change my attitude. If I gotta have a more positive outlook, I'll do that. I'm tired of living with fear. I'm tired of anxiety. and I feel so good by Tuesday it's wore off I've prayed for this for twenty years I've went to that altar and had everybody in church pour oil on me and lay hands on me and it just keeps it never gets better you gotta ask yourself after so long what are you planting what are you planting Because I'm going to admit to you, I'm not happy with every area of my life. There's some stuff that I need to do better. And I realize that as much as I'd love to, I can't blame you for it. I just can't. Can't blame my wife. Can't blame my mother. No. At this point in my walk with God, if I'm not satisfied with what I've got, I got to think about what I've been planting. If I want to change tomorrow, I got to change today. So, some of you that are in strained relationships, and hear me, do you want them to get better? As much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Do you want them to be better? Then you can do something. With you want more faithfulness toward God you can do something about it you want a more powerful prayer life you can do something about it. what are you planning Did you watch 19 episodes in a row of Netflix some show on Netflix or did you turn it off and go pray because I promise you if you put enough prayer in the ground you're going to receive a harvest of more powerful prayer life but it won't just fall into your lap because you asked God for it You have to plan it. Well, I need a financial breakthrough. What have you given? I'm not going to take up an offering. Don't get nervous. Are you faithful with your tithes to the storehouse? Because if you're not, you're praying amiss. You want a better marriage, but you refuse? You refuse to ask for forgiveness? you refuse to take responsibility for any of it going wrong, it's never getting better. It's time for you to change your seed because your harvest will remain the same until the seed. Harvest has a memory. You can start today, right here, right now, changing your seed. Somebody needs to come up to this altar. And listen, it's not going to be one of them long, drawn-out things. You need to come up here and get... And the reason you need to come up and pray is because you need to get low to the ground because that's how you put seed down. You don't do it haphazardly. That's why it's back-breaking work. you got to bend over and put seed in the ground. So somebody needs to come to this altar this morning and make contact with the ground. And as you make contact with ground, you need to call it out. Hear me. Be specific this morning and say... Right here, right now, I'm changing the seed of my attitude. I'm changing the seed of my finances. I'm changing the seed of how I treat people. I'm changing the seed of my marriage. I'm tra- changing the seed of my sexual perversion. I'm changing the seed because if I change the seed, I'm expecting God to change the harvest. It's your chance. I told you before you left here, you're going to have a chance to change your future. This is it better this. I am better than this. As other people get up and come, somebody's wondering, should I go? Yep. Come change the seat. As you get down on the ground this morning, you touch that ground. I'm changing my seat. Right here in this church, Memorial Day weekend, I'm changing my seed because I'm better than